Welcome to the Soul Talks podcast, where we equip pastors, leaders, and other men and women in ministry to thrive with Jesus in their life and leadership. Now let's join Bill and Christy Galtier, doctors in psychology, spiritual directors, and founders of Soul Shepherding. Friends, in this podcast, we're going to be talking about the Soul Shepherding Network. And if you want to learn more about the Soul Shepherding Network, just go to soulshepherding/network or do an internet search, Soul Shepherding, join the network. It'll take you right to a page under, helping you understand the soul care groups that are there, the opportunities to connect with others and uh, the resources, uh, lots of webinars there in the Soul Shepherding Network. It's a great place for you to get into the inner circle of Soul Shepherding. Hello, Soul Talk friends. Bill and I are so happy to have you join us for the Soul Talk today. We were in a meeting with a psychiatrist friend and in the meeting, he made the statement, Bill, a problem defined is half solved. And I, I liked that. That really goes with our history of study psychology. When we were getting our doctors, we learned a lot about diagnosis and understanding problems and defining them. We learned a lot about testing and the importance of testing and helping us define problems and assess things. And you learned a lot about developing assessments and tests, and you created lots of different good and helpful tests to help define problems. And I've appreciated those. We have 37 assessments in our Soul Shepherding Network that are available to our community because these are things that have been helpful to us personally. They've been helpful to us and people that we have worked with in private practice, spiritual direction, people that we've worked with in ministry. These are things, some of these are tools you developed when you were training hundreds of lay counselors over a decade and helping them find ways to define problems. Sometimes you might look at yourself and kind of think, well, I don't know how much of a problem that is. We can easily justify issues that we have. And it can be helpful sometimes to have something more objective that can help us realize, oh, I guess this really is a problem I need to deal with. Or uh, when we're working with somebody or with somebody we love, well, how, I don't know how much, how much, if that's just something I should extend grace to them, or if this is a problem that I need to really call attention to and even maybe hold them accountable to get help for. Yeah, every coach, every spiritual director, every uh, discipler, uh, certainly every counselor needs tools like this. And these are all self-tests. Uh, they're self-scored, so they're not uh, uh, like the sort of uh, robust, uh, psychologically uh, uh, prepared and analyzed uh, professional instruments that we have it like done all kinds of research on them to get them validated and all those ways, but they've been validated through our own life and ministry. These are helpful tools that, that are, are very easy for anybody to understand. They're, yeah. they're not in psychological jargon, but they are uh, unpacking the symptoms, the experiences that go with anxiety and depression and perfectionism uh, and uh, marriage conflict and uh, spiritual growth and all kinds of assessments like these. And uh, basically what we're, what we're doing here with these assessments is, is so much of what we do in Soul Shepherding and our books and our resources, but we're trying to uh, provide language mm -hmm. for people. Uh, to understand their experiences and their struggles and their needs. Yeah, well, these assessments have been really helpful to me, all of them. I've done every one of them, many of them more than once, because at different times, 
they pull out and highlight different invitations from the Lord of areas that he kind of has his finger on in, in my life. And he wants to show me there's a problem there, Christy, but I can help you with it. Turn to me with that. We've worked these into our Soul Shepherding Institute uh, retreats that we do, the five-day retreats on spiritual formation and soul care. And we've worked them into our books and our resources. So they're in different places in Soul Shepherding, but what we've done in the Soul Shepherding Network is we put them all together in one place, uh, branded, graphically designed, uh, one or two pages, uh, and very easily accessible in a, a, a Netflix-style streaming for all, all of the hundreds of resources that we have. Yeah, and you can easily go in to assessments in the network and download a PDF and print it and pass it on to a friend, a small group, somebody you're working with, your your spouse. What are, what are these? We're going to talk next time about how we created one of these to help us in our marriage mm-hmm. and how we've used the marriage ones personally and how helpful they've been. But today you were going to talk a little bit about one that has been particularly helpful for you. Yeah, it's the hurry sickness test. And this has to do with uh, when we're just trying to do too much too fast and actually ties into adrenaline dependence because that's the biological reason why we live in a hurry and uh, try to fit too much into not enough time and live with uh, a sense of urgency even when we're not in a crisis or we we sort of have a lifestyle and a way of relating with people and uh, our work our job perhaps where it just sort of engenders our role is to just kind of come in and respond to crises all the time and of course if you're an emergency room physician or a uh, a, a nurse or in, in uh, fire prevention, uh, paramedic. Obviously, the, there are professions that are built around crises. I'm not really talking about that right now. I'm talking about kind of relational and organizational and problem needs that sort of become a crisis. And some of us have a personality that gets, well, probably all of us to some extent, gets activated by a crisis. And some of us sort of get dependent on these urgencies and trying to do too much too fast. And we're we're doing this because we're recruiting adrenaline. And we can do this and it's not just in our job or in our, our our ministry, our our church ministry, but in our family where we're helping people and uh caring for them and supporting them. But some of us get a dependency going where we are the the problem solver, we are the crisis interventionist and we don't realize that maybe we're participating in creating that scenario in an unhealthy way and unconsciously doing that to recruit adrenaline because it feels good. Adrenaline gives us a high. It gives us a sense of, of importance and confidence, even elation. And so that that stimulating effect of, of the adrenaline can, can actually become uh, an emotional and a physiological dependency. And so you found help when you realized that you had some issues with that and identifying that, defining that was really helpful to you in growth and getting help. Yeah. Even though I was a psychologist, I didn't realize this uh, until it really hit home for me in my mid and late thirties. And I hit into a burnout time, uh, overworking as a psychologist, as a pastor, and uh, just having some frustrations, even some boredom in my career at that time. And just, uh, I didn't realize till later that God was was stirring me up to start soul shepherding. That this sort of came along later. But uh, in the process of realizing that, 
I, I, I was in just a, a place of fatigue in my soul from doing too much uh, all the time and being in a hurry. And I, I remember one time I happened to drive past my pastor on the road. Uh, I was working as a pastor, but this was an, another pastor that uh, I was in relationship with at our church. And he he saw me and he laughed because I was shaving with my electric shaver while I was driving. And he didn't know that at the same time I, I had my calendar out and I was <laughs> listening to the, the, the news and I, I was I was running late. And so I was thinking about my next appointment. And so I had like five things going at the same time. Uh, but I, I was stimulated. Yeah, I was yeah. excited. I was operating on adrenaline. And you I, were thinking you were just being efficient. That's right. I was thinking yeah. I was being I wasn't, of course, thinking about um you know, Chrissy doesn't like this story because she wants me to drive safely. <laughs> I wasn't thinking about, I thought I had it all under control, right? And that's yeah. what adrenaline does. Mm-hmm. It gives us this super confidence. Yeah. And now I don't want you to misunderstand me. Adrenaline is not a bad thing. Adrenaline is a good thing. God has given us yeah. adrenaline. We need it. We need it for emergencies. We 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 need it for when you're getting up and speaking in front of a thousand people. You probably uh, might want some adrenaline. Uh, when there's an important problem to solve, you need adrenaline. If you're uh, taking a, a hike in the woods and you encounter a, a bear, you probably would like to have some adrenaline to protect you. So we, we need adrenaline. The problem is when we're depending on it uh, continually and, and it's daily and even throughout the day. And so that that that's not good for our health. And as you learned this and you began to put together this hurry sickness assessment, you were able to do that as a wounded healer out of your own learning after your own defining and recognizing the problem that you had with that and recognizing that well there's there's other people that would benefit from this also yeah because i related to the uh, the symptoms and so i'm just made questions are you often in a hurry rushing from one thing to the next check during a typical day do you work with intensity on something that seems urgent check do you tend to do two or three things at once to be more efficient check are you productive, busy, or active almost all the time? Yeah. Do you regularly rely on caffeine to feel energetic and focused? Uh, if you're not working on something, do you rely on stimulation from activity, entertainment, or noise? When you're resting, do you feel fidgety, pace, drum your fingers, tap your feet, chew fast? It's questions like mm-hmm. these. And most of those uh, at the time, they were like, check, check, check. Yeah. And so, and I've taken this time since then. And I still have some checks, but not nearly as many. I, I so think. you can also use this to measure progress and growth. Yeah. And I just, I, what I learned was that, uh, and there's a whole chapter in my book, Your Best Life in Jesus' Easy Yoke called Hurry Up to Be Still, which is obviously playing out the paradox of uh, the most important thing we could hurry to do is to be still in God's presence. <laughs> and so learning to do that. You've had to be intentional to create spiritual practices to help you to do that, to change the habits that were already in your body and in your mind to hurry that were were really inhibiting your being present to God. Because that's what breaks hurry sickness is uh, quiet prayer, solitude, uh, doing nothing but being with God. And that's a training. You have to learn how to do that because when you just start training in that you you feel bored you feel restless it feels unproductive and you, you're probably going to quit but if you have a vision and why that would be important and learning to feel a sense of aliveness even when you're doing nothing 
even when you're resting, even when you're just meditating on scripture for maybe a couple hours or something, or taking a long walk and not, not being in a hurry doing that. So that, that that's a training. And another training that was essential for me and continues to be is empathy and processing my life with somebody who's safe. Uh, this is why we have spiritual directors on our soul shepherding staff, while we have coaches. Uh, right now, you could call and talk with uh, one of our spiritual directors or coaches on Zoom, get an appointment and get great empathy. It's confidential. You receive prayer, you receive support, you receive guidance. And so we offer that in soul shepherding because this was essential for us. Mm -hmm. And it's been so important for the pastors and missionaries and leaders and others that we help. And so when you pause to reflect on your life with somebody who is putting energy into understanding you and caring for you, could be a soul friend. But when you do that, it helps you to, to slow down and get, get more grounded, be, be more emotionally present. And when we're in a hurry, we're not emotionally present. So you read in, in 1 Corinthians 13, love is, and what's the first word there? Unhurried. I know it reads patient, but patience means unhurried. Mm -hmm. Love is kind. And so all these 14 attributes of perfect love, they, they flow out of being unhurried in God's presence. Uh, having the relational centers of our brain on. We need to train in that. That's why in our Soul Shepherding Institute, we're doing five-day retreats, and each day we're giving you five hours, what we call TLC time, to love Christ. Five hours of space for your soul that we mentor you in, in how to do some meditations and Maybe it's taking a nap and you, you feel guilty about that, but helping you learn to enjoy that and do that with Jesus and take a walk or talk with a spiritual director. But as we learn how to make use of extended hours of quiet and prayer and, and intentional conversations that are empathetic and gracious, that helps us to, to get more emotionally grounded and, and, and present and to the Lord and to people. So those are some of the ways in Soul Shepherding, we offer you a lot of ways to get help once you've realized and defined you have a problem in this, this area. But these assessments can really help us define our problem area. For instance, the assessment, another assessment on here we came up with, one of the first ones was the God image questionnaire, mm -hmm. how we could define and come up with an understanding where we have mistaken understandings, projections, images of God, where we're making God in our own image or our, the image of our parent or somebody else. And it distorts how we see God, how we relate to God. And there can be some real problems there. That's one of my favorite. That's one that's been really helpful to me throughout my life. And, and in my relationship with God is to be able to identify where I, I had some mistaken images of him. Where you're, you're, you're not different aspects of God's love that you're struggling to feel and to trust and to know. And so by going through the survey, again, it's giving you language to describe that your particular experience that's unique to your personality, your stage of life, the situations that you're going through right now. And then with, with all these assessments, then what we can do is we we can pray about what we learn about ourselves. We can talk to our spiritual director about that. Yeah. So for example, on this God image questionnaire, it says one of the questions is, sometimes I try to measure up to God's expectations so he won't be displeased with me. And that's one that I can tend to fall to because I'm a pleaser by nature. I learned so early on that if I please people, 
things go better for me. I learned early on, everybody has expectations for me. And if I could figure those out and meet those, there's, there's kind of a reward for me in there. There's something that can secure me. And so I project that onto God and I can get obsessive about trying to please him. And that can cut off me from receiving God's grace and his forgiveness. So identifying those things and getting, like you said, the wording here for that, that wasn't something I was consciously doing. Yeah. And so uh, share with us how, even though you have a, a doctrine and a belief around God's love is unconditional, and you've taught that, yeah, what you're saying is that at a deeper level, deeper than your your ideas are these uh, emotions and images or maybe emotional ideas, we could call them, because our feelings affect our thoughts and vice versa. So this isn't like a doctrine test. This is our experience of God we're talking mm-hmm. about. Right. Yeah. And so when the question says, I feel this sense of wanting to please God or trying to measure up to his expectations so he won't be displeased with me, there's like this unconscious fear that lives in me of displeasing God, mm-hmm. of not meeting, not doing what he's told me to do or expects me to do. And then him being angry at me, because that was my experience as a child. And that's all of our experience as a child. You know, we all have expectations of people in authority over us and we don't meet it and they're displeased with us. And so it's very easy to think that God is like those people, especially if we've really been hurt through that. If we're, you know, my case, I'm a highly sensitive person. So I was very sensitive to when somebody was unhappy with me or displeased with me. And I I saw other people get punished in some severe ways that scared me. And I made vows. I will never do that. I will please so that that doesn't happen to me. And then even in scripture, we read some stories like Ananias and Survira. I mean, they're really pretty scary stories. And I remember reading that and thinking, oh, you know, I need, I need to figure out what God expects of me and make sure I get it right. Perfect. And so it would block me from really understanding God's character and nature and love and grace. And actually that it was safe for me to not be perfect with God. Yeah. So something that you needed to work through emotionally and spiritually, uh, not only through prayer and Bible study, but also through your relationships with people in the body of Christ, so that you could come to at a more deeper level, trust God, so mm-hmm. so that you could integrate the head knowledge about God as unconditionally loving with your, your down deep in your heart and, and gut experience that God is loving. Mm-hmm. But when that was defined for me, on the God image questionnaire. And I was able to realize this is a work area for me. This is something I need to talk to God about. I need to be honest with God about that, that I feel this fear, this overwhelming expectation and burden of pleasing him, of meeting his expectations that I live in this sphere of being punished because I'm not. Mm-hmm. And to be able to have that defined for me through answering that question and, and be able to be honest that, yeah, I feel that way and to bring that to God and to ask him to show me and to answer me on this. Show me what, what do you say, God, to me about this? So the point here is that a problem well-defined is half solved. Yes. 
And that's true whether we're talking about hurry sickness or image of God or uh, anxiety, depression, self-esteem, uh, our relationships. We're going to do a whole podcast on relationships and, and using assessments to understand where we are in our relationship. Uh, areas of spiritual growth, uh, our childhood. We have a family of origin wounds test, uh, father wounds and longings inventory. Uh, uh, all these different assessments. Life events, burnout tests. We have codependency tests. That's another one that's been helpful. A boundaries test. And those ones really can go together too, because if we score high on the codependency, then we need to work on our boundaries. Mm -hmm. And if we work on our boundaries, it'll help us kind of define which boundaries are weak and where we need to strengthen some boundaries. So these are just some of the tools that are in our Soul Shepherding Network. And the best part of the network is that you can meet in a soul care group and talk about your your life, your hopes, your prayers, your struggles, the results on your self-assessment. And of course, you can use these with uh, people that you are discipling, teaching, helping, supporting as a coach or spiritual director. Uh, you can also meet with other spiritual directors and coaches for supervision and mutual learning and uh, care, because all of us who are shepherds, the souls of others, we really need the support and care of, of peers, of, of friends who are, who are safe for us and understand us and understand the unique challenges that go with being a, a minister, a helper, a shepherd, a teacher of others. Jesus, we thank you that you love us so much, that you're wanting to continue to grow us in your lightness and your character and to teach us and to bring us freedom, Lord, from some of these problems that we need to find as part of that step towards freedom. So I pray, Lord, that you would guide each of us to be open to you, responsive to you, and you're helping us to see the definition of problems so that we then could take your hand in the next step towards freedom. Thank you for our listeners. Thank you that they are committed apprentices, students, of you, Jesus, to follow you, to serve you, to be whole and healthy in you, by you, and for you. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the Soul Talks podcast. To find out more about growing in your life and leadership, subscribe to the podcast and visit us at soulshepherding.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram 